wow, the music lasted a little bit longer than normal. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Biggest Geekest. We are your hosts. I am Ra- I am Joe. <laughs> You're Randy. Joe. You're not Randy. I'm Randy. <laughs> oh, what's up, dude? What are you doing? Not much. Give them our spiel. This is episode 170. Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. Um, I had Changing to. everything. Yeah. Hey, I had to go back and stop stop my um, browser from playing it because I was hearing you talking and you talking at the same time, which nobody needs. Wow. Anyway, this is episode 170 of our show, and the date is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. Right on. Well done. Can you guys hear me? Hear yes. Okay. Same microphone, same settings from Thursday or Friday night. Really? And I'm not I'm not like here like I was Friday night because right. you guys couldn't hear me. That's I don't know super what weird. That is yeah. super weird. So it has Welcome to be the old attack. Yeah. <laughs> we got some uh couple at least one new. What's that? You'd think I was running a, running a Mac with all the problems we had. Oh, then it'd be perfection. <laughs> Except no. <laughs> Hey, we got the ultra American TTRPGer tonight. He's a, he's a. I follow him on X. He's a fellow X man. Oh, hey. <laughs> so he must. I haven't seen his uh, moniker up here. Um, yeah, he's new. I think he's new in the chat. New uh, in the chat. Hey, subscribe, fella. Yeah, he's the dude. Bump us up good, a little bit. He's a good Welcome. dude. Yeah. And of course, we got our regular folks here too but uh we probably should introduce our guests that are sitting here waiting yes we have the <laughs> fellows from uh from horde wars blackwall games dm blackwall and nathan lindy welcome, welcome guys welcome thank you thanks for having us yeah we're excited lots to talk about with you and your monster ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a little um discussion beforehand but we're going to bring up the same issues so yeah we get to talk about it all over again isn't that great? That is. It is. I, I like repeating myself. I'm old. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's nothing better than beating a horse to death. Yeah. <laughs> so in in the um, annals of our game, um, in our games, we played last Friday online. DM Blackwall was the DM. Mm-hmm. We were playing Horde Wars. Yes. Very cool. It was very I, fun. Yes. How did you guys feel the session went? I particularly liked how the last random encounter, the two monsters fought each other. I appreciated that. <laughs> that was great. After we fought that Naga and a half, the one that was beat down, I was like, holy crap. If we'd have had all three of those full strength, that would have been a heck of a fight. And oh, yeah. Know, all it came to, it came down to a die roll mm-hmm. for that to happen, or well, a couple, but one die roll to see if they were going to duke it out with themselves. And I rolled the right number. Yeah, but, um, good job, Joe. Normally, you have to do a lot of uh, you have to lay lay a lot of groundwork to get the the baddies in the dungeon to fight each other. I was mm-hmm. happy that it, that we didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't all kill each other off. The ones that were left came over and tried to start something, and we had to show them who's boss. Yeah, yeah. as they constricted me immediately, I showed them. Yeah, that. yeah. I showed them I wasn't the boss. So basically, you weren't the threat. So moving <laughs> uh, on. You you were soaking up damage for the rest of us. Thank you. Yeah, that's what they call Thank me. Very much. Healer slash damage soaker. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I will say the reason that there was a chance of them fighting each other is because they're natural predators. Like those two creatures do not actually get along 
their analogs in the real world kill each other. Yes. Oh, Actually, cool. I like that you considered that. That's the sort of thing that I do when I DM. Um, but usually I just you know, hand wave it and say, I'm just going to attack the party anyway. Right, Joe? Oh, sure. <laughs> Joe's like, those two would hate each other. I'm like, they hate it, you more. It shows yeah. that you know what's going on and feel good enough to ad lib it. It's yeah. basically a good like DM, like, hey, this world's livable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a made up world that we're trying to play a game with is character sheets. It's like, oh, it has some logic behind it. Sure, yeah. sure. And people in good point. But we're hoping to uh, to eventually turn this into some sort of actual play, right? That's the plan? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm willing to to do that with a webcam also. Um, and we can yeah. we can use the same method we've been using. We just switch channels so that there is the option to have cameras. Very cool. Very cool. That'll be good. Um, what kind of, where are you guys at in your playtesting? So um, uh, I know that you've, you run some. Nathan, do you run on Gilded too? Um, not on Gilded. I have some home groups. Oh, cool. Uh, mostly my schedule, especially the nights when people are available, has been kind of shot lately. So I'm trying to fix that. But Yeah. Nate and I were talking about trying to get him uh, online uh, maybe once a week through the summer uh, mm -hmm. to uh, to run test test games for the superhero. Oh, uh, yeah. Because right now, um, Basics fully play tested. It's out. Yep. Um, advanced, I think we're pretty good play testing on that. Yeah. Is this, is, is this the only... You have a hard copy. This is the uh, sort of soft copy with the, the ring. We binding. have... We have three different printings. So we've mm -hmm. got the uh, plastic spiral bound, which yep, seems to be particularly popular with game masters. Um, we also have a soft cover, um, and then we have a hard cover. Uh, the hard cover, though, we just did a limited run of those for a specific purpose. We are selling the spiral bound and the soft cover. Because hardcover, if we were going to sell that and make money with the size of print run we did, mm -hmm. uh, we'd have to sell them for like sixty bucks. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what hardcovers are these days, though. Yeah, that's pretty. Well, standard. yeah, or more, depending yeah. on page count and how much art's in it and whatnot. Yeah, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do that, I would much rather sell you the full game at that price. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The truth is, I mean, it's it's a decent size soft cover. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. Uh, that you might feel a little. Like it's a little bit harsh to sell it for that much, but I don't know. I'm I'm pretty biased, but the game is pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. Look, looks like Ultra awesome. Americans already on the hero or on the Horde Wars uh, bandwagon. Yes. Yeah, he's played a couple of games with us. Good yeah. deal. And later tonight, we're going to give three more people a chance to get on the bandwagon. We're going to give away three PDFs later, so keep watching and be ready for that. Free PDFs for Horde yep. Wars Basic. Yes, so what, if you're here tonight and you were here last week and you won and you did not send us an email, which was everyone who won, no one <laughs> emailed to say, "Hey, I want my thing." Um, I know who they were. Please do. I think I said I, I already knew one's email, so I got that out to them. But there's two people who still haven't let me know what their email is is, so I can send them the link. I know it was Mark Markham, Dice Tales, and Rejoice eighty five. I imagine yeah. it was Rejoice, right? Yeah, I knew that one. You know Rejoice. We know her personally, so yeah, that was easy. So she got in because we disliked her better, and we said you get one. <laughs> no, mean, we wouldn't do that. We'd never do that. Nice and, you know, everything is, right? That's right. Oh, they're a friend. Oh, they won. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, there were four people who wanted. No, no. I think it, 
when one dropped out, there were four, one dropped out because they already had a hardcover. So we just said, you three who say you want it, get it. Didn't have to do any rolling. Nice. So I, I, I don't but, know if you were. But I sent, I took care of you. <laughs> Talk to your husband. Talk to your husband. Enjoy Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, you know, you know how things are. You're like, yeah, I'll do that. And then a month <laughs> later, oh, yeah. I was supposed to do that and didn't. Oh, yeah. So, guys, the basic game, is it – so, I mean, it's done, done, right? So, you're not going to do anything else. You've got PDFs. Can people can people buy the, like, the spiral bound or the hardback from you or not? Is that not even an option? Yeah, they yeah they can. All they got to do is email us. Um, we put that on Twitter a few times. Well, I think we've put it on Facebook as well. The email address is – let me quick pull it up. Uh, you can post go. it in Horde our Wars. Private- Hold on. Horde Wars at blackwallgames.com. So yeah. Horde Wars, as if it was one word, at blackwallgames, as if it's one word, dot com. Yeah, you can private chat that here, and then I can copy and paste it into the into the oh, sure. live chat. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Patrick Demo, yes, we started early tonight, friend. These guys got to get out here. They got a sharp... Yeah. Uh, escape time. There's only so much time they can stand me and Joe. So <laughs> we have to get them yes, out of the here. Yes, the awesomeness blinds us. <laughs> that's right. Our, that's yeah. what it, I wasn't thinking that, but I'll let's go with that, Nathan. It's the yeah. awesome dude. <laughs> as far as pricing goes, um, the soft covers uh, are 25, and the heart or in the uh, spiral bound, like you've got there, Randy, are 35. Okay. Um, and then I really like the spiral bound. Shipping. I really yeah. like the spiral bound quite a bit. Thank so you. I, I got to skip the shipping because Nathan handed it to me at Big Geek Con. Yep. Yes. So that was cool. Which will be uh, around again in some events. Yes, yeah, soon. Uh, Flady says, a game I played at Big Geek Con with Nathan was really good. My brother liked it too. We both got the soft cover in PDFs. Thank you much. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what you did. So you said there's a hard cover as well. Did you say you only made that for a special purpose and they're not for sale? Uh, that's correct. Hard, okay. hard covers are not for sale. We plan okay. to do a hardcover print run for advanced because then we're talking about a book that's large enough that we may not be able to do a soft cover. Ah, uh, because the best way to oh. think of basic is sort of like the starter set. Oh, sure, right. sure, right. I agree. Um, Halcyon has got a comment that I think might lead us into advanced. Oh, go yeah. ahead, do your thing. You got something, Joe? Spiral bound is great. Agreed. Thank you, Amit. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked it when I was running with it. So. Oh, it's so nice. You flip it over and it's, yeah, it's great. So uh, it's plastics. Plastic. Yeah, plastic spiral. It's very yeah. it's very sturdy. It is. Very and, nice. Uh, yeah. That, and you can open and just like, pow. my new favorite game book format. Yeah, it, it kind of, it's top notch, guys. It was a good choice. I'd so say it's best. good for players, yeah. too, that, not just D&D. Actually, oh, to everybody. be fair, that was like the third attempt. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're oh, like yeah. happy that well, sure. worked out so well. Yeah. Welcome, Mac Thompson. He rolled in, but I want to give Halcyon because he's going to lead us into a discussion. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I do, did you have more? You so uh, basics done. You're working on advanced. Um, yep. Halcyon wants to know what can be expected from the advanced over the basic. That's a good I mean, lead in. Two thirds more level up abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but two yeah. more tiers, right? Yeah, two more whole <laughs> tiers. Yeah, yeah. with all the monsters that company of it. Right. Yeah. So, so you're uh, so you're talking about um, f- about double the number of monsters and beasts, 
Uh, you've got levels five through 12, the abilities, including the, the tier up part of the system, which includes uh, basically advanced options for each of the careers, as well as each of the species. Yes, you can level up in your species. Uh, huh, and yeah, it cool. also include it will also include a chapter on nautical adventures, a chapter on like domain play, so running your own kingdom or your own like barony or that kind of thing. Um, and also a chapter on the setting, um, which should include some maps and essentially a two-page spread for each of the nations in the setting. Cool. So if you went through like the humanoid and you know characters to play in there, there's all these names like Eastern, Franconian, and like who yes. are these people and what do they mean? Right. Now, should we expect more something like Grimstead? Will there be another setting where you get to have some more some places where there's going to be some adventure hooks that you guys laid out like you did for basic. Yes. Yes. Each of the nations will basically be presented that way where you're going to have about a half page description and then uh, three adventure locations with, uh, with, with an adventure to play, not written out like goblins attack, but truncated like our other ones where you have all the material you need to run the adventure, but where you were not holding your hand for every round of play. Very cool. Basically, you can fill it in the gaps to fill in your event, you know, your time at play, or what your characters want, or what's going on. And there's a couple of questions in the chat that I'll get to eventually. I'm starring them, so if folks have particular questions, please do that, and I will try to we'll try to get to those. And With Fladley, the- yes. <laughs> okay, he, he answered it already. So Fladley said. Yeah, uh, yes. Horde Wars crew is planning to return for Big Geek Con 2. Yes. So there's another reason for you guys to come to Big Geek Con 2. It'll be in late September. Dates will be forthcoming. There'll be a chance to... Uh, this next month is going to happen. We're going to get it set up. Joe's going to get the things set, and I'm going to get the dates and the rooms. And I think we'll, we'll talk about the prices. I think they're going to be the same, though. So I don't see why we no, see no it. reason I mean, to change it. It was a great value in which yep. we were doing. The so. only way they would change is if the hotel changed its prices. Yeah. yeah. And it would have to be probably a fairly... It have to be pretty job. significant, yeah. yeah. So I don't see a change. So so as far as the, ex, uh, the advanced rules, there's not going to be any more species or classes, correct? Or will there be? Uh, right. So I, I we have had a few requests for boutique species. And actually, we've playtested a bunch of different ones uh, uh, for this game system. And if Horde Wars Advanced sells well enough, and there we're talking not just breaking even, but earning probably at least $2,000 in actual profit. Um, if that happens, then we would probably then we would be willing to do a, um, a separate like rarities and oddities Mm -hmm. uh, species supplement. Yeah, cool. More items, more species, more, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's contingent on the main game being profit bearing because we got to pay an artist to do this additional uh, book. And we, while we do have a fair amount of that material already written and play tested, you know, as far as presentation, layout, editing, like that's, that's not free. Right. No, no, it's not. <laughs> so, will not. you will we should we expect a somewhat different presentation in the advanced book? Except, I mean, is, is it going to be the same presentation, but all the extra stuff we just talked about, or is the presentation going to look a little different? Presentation will be a little different. Uh, we have a guy who's been working on some border art for us, which uh, which I think will be fun. Um, and then we have 
uh, three three new artists hired yep. who are working on it right now, and uh, yeah, so so there will be some some different looks. Good deal, good deal. Yeah. Um, what do you think? As I've played a few times with you now, what do you think is the strength of Horde Wars as far as like facilitating a good campaign? Because I, I think it has some real strengths in there. I think for me. The first thing is the character creation because you can make more options instead of going, I'm going to be a level one rogue and then I'm going to go three levels of fight. Like you pick the two classes immediately, which kind of can morph you into a lot of things. Right. Um, I think that freedom and, to pick those, uh, what do they call yeah. perks? And, and then what you haven't seen right. with the advanced rules is sort of our idea when you tear up, you get what's called a capstone. And you have several options that your careers give you and also your race. Right. Like we said, you can level up in your race. And so you have to start making choices that make you drastically different than just everyone in that career. So you specialize differently than others. You get all that variation. Sure. And that's a, well, that's a huge product too of options. I mean, just thinking right. about and the so 12 it's not like yeah. everyone kind of forms the same kind of branch out more. Mm -hmm. and at higher tiers, you, I mean, you feel epic at the beginning, but you feel even more epic later on. And you feel like, you know, I'm that big hero from that story. Yeah. And I'm only level seven. <laughs> like, and I, and I won't um, give anything away. I won't give anything, anything away. Cause I, I got a peek at their, at your supers game. Is that tier advancement the the bumps everybody gives is that relatively the same in Horde Wars too? That when yep. you get to the okay, because that's yeah, you, you'll see a you'll definitely see a bump in power, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And as far as strengths for an ongoing campaign, um, even just in basic, but I think you'll find it to be much, even more so in advanced. But even just in basic, you've got um, four hundred possible career combinations. Um, yeah plus the species, plus the features, you can create quite a wide variety of characters over time uh, to play across the same campaign or multiple campaigns. Um, but also in terms of our treasure system, some of our treasure is very specific, some of the magic items, right? Mm -hmm. But as far as magic weapons and as far as other treasure items, there are quite literally, in, in some cases, mm -hmm. uh, thousands of possible roles on those treasure tables. Uh, and that's per type of item. So thousands of different pieces of artwork you might find uh, and, and so on. And so that gives you quite a good deal of, uh, of replayability on the treasure end. Um, and we've also designed the world where we're only displaying an area about the size of Western Europe. So there's a vast area of the world to explore for the game master to add their own material and that's very deliberate now when you say that is it are we going to find that uh is it franconia and mercia are all those places going to be in this continent that you've set up already yeah so, so yep. there's yep. room outside that's going to be completely undefined for the dm yes. to do what they want yes. that's very cool yes very cool and then adding the setting <laughs> part it gives you coupled with the treasure items it allows the DM to tell really great tales, especially when the treasure helps you to make this whole story work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and think so, that's cool. And so, like, 
the game master doesn't have to make as much heavy lifting as you say, like a high level D and D campaign. Right. Where you're like, now, how can I actually challenge these people at a certain level? I'm not sure how much I want to ask about this. I'd rather watch, have people watch it once we post some of the actual plays, but watching Todd's DMing style and one, and I'm not played with Nathan yet. I mean, I was busy at big geek Connor. I would have jumped in. Um, you, you definitely use your tables a lot. And it definitely makes that to me, it makes the game feel, I mean, I don't think anybody can go, oh man, I think Todd's trying to screw my character. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you just pretty much remove that. And I think on one hand, that's really good. Other times I would kind of, I wonder if you ever just take control and just do it yourself and ignore the tables. Because you guys tend to use the tables a lot and efficiently, not in a bad way, not like yep. you don't know what you're doing, but you're like, hey, we're going to see what happens this day and roll. And that's kind of fun. But do you ever just, because when I design an adventure, I have, well, I'm a control freak. So go ahead. Yeah. I, I do when um, it is obvious what the monster's motivations would be or when it is an intelligent opponent with a personality. That's why you'll see we actually have a personality table mm -hmm. uh, in the game master section to help you go, all right, what is this intelligent villain like? Or intelligent ally, what are they like? Are they cowardly? Are they brave? Are they um, malicious? Are they dishonest? Uh, are they manipulative? Like, what is this person like? Because then, then you don't really need to randomize anything further. You, you've already kind of got the kind of cornerstones of what their personality is like and what they would do. Um, but for an unintelligent opponent, then I think um, actually randomized behavior to a degree um, can be can be good, especially if they're in a stress situation where you've killed all their allies or where you've reduced their hit points substantially uh, or where you've or where you are just immune to everything they can do. If that happens, there should be a chance that they'll react in a new way. Right. I think um, I think the way you used um, we had that yeah. the way you used the encounter tables. Did we talk this? Did we say this? Did we say this online or before? I can't remember about the Nagas and the birds, the Falcons. Oh yeah. Um, we had an encounter where you, I guess you had rolled two, we rolled badly enough to where we got two encounters at the same mm -hmm. time and you realized they were natural enemies. So you had them fight each other, which weakened the Nagas and actually yeah. was to our advantage. And I thought it was kind of a neat way that, you know, within using the tables, you, you seem to be comfortable interpreting what you get, however you think would be more appropriate. So it's not like you just go, well, you got three Nagas, you got seven Falcons, roll initiative. Yeah. Right. Right. But that's that when I did that, Joe actually rolled to determine what would happen because I went, right, OK, right. Mm -hmm. because these creatures don't get along, there's probably a 50 percent chance they'll just fight each other because um, they they don't like each other. But there's also a chance that they'll, um, for example, be working together because someone sent them after you. Like a brown wizard was maybe controlling them and sent them to go kill you. Well, in that case or, or a lich or something. Well, in that case then they should totally work together. So there's a 25% right. chance of that and so on. And then Joe rolled, but I based what could possibly be true off what you what, what monsters there were. But rather than me deciding, well, I'm just going to spare them. No, no, no. It could be that they all just want to kill you. Right. And that should be possible. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Sure. The random table uh, thing there, remove, it, 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 I can't, it takes a load off the DM because... Yep. Instead of you trying to decide arbitrarily what they're going to do, you have a menu in front of you. You can still tweak it because 
uh, you're the DM, but at least it gives you something cool you can grab onto. Several good comments I want to highlight for a second, if we can pause for a moment. Uh, Ultra American TTRPGer says, character creation is simple and creative. Mechanics work well without bogging down gameplay. You feel pretty ready to run a game yourself after the first or second game. Those are his strengths he thinks for the game. And I, I kind of agree. I think after you play a couple of times, you're like, wow. I know uh, Todd kept pushing me to, you ought to run something, Cabin Con. You ought to run something. You should. And I was like, and at first I was like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable. And then I played once or twice. I'm like, wow. Yeah, this is a smooth system. It makes a lot of sense. I absolutely could. We Got it. went out of our way to give the Game Master enough tools to run the game. Yeah. So they don't have to get bogged down in, like, how does this work? How does that work? Where's all those spells? Like, even in the monster design, <clears throat> once you have, like, what you do, like, off the table, you can go to the monster go, okay. And then for many of the monsters, which in... Um, Advance will give you a few more options for many of the creatures, but like what, how strong are my players? It takes like, what kind of bird are they going to fight? You know, yeah. level ones might, you know, be bad against, you know, a hawk mm -hmm. versus, you know, levels five or six might have a thunderbird. Right. Um, which I think is in basic as well, if I remember. Yeah. Um, and so, you kind of got to do that where you go, okay, birds. And then you go, hey, but the Game Master still has agency to pick, like, what makes sense for us or what's the challenge? Right. And the key okay. is, can you get to that action? Can you get to the enjoyment part and not just get bogged down of, okay, got to flip here, got to flip here, got to flip here. Okay, we're ready to go now, I think. Yeah. And go on that. So, so are the encounters supposed to be dialed into the players? For the characters, that is, as in, um, they're appropriate for what the characters should be able to handle, or are there? You, I you mean, mean, the random encounters? Yeah. Well, no, because by their nature, they're random. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I was just coming off of something that Nate was saying. I'm yeah. just trying to clarify. So, so like, so, if you're old goblins, they're not going to be all the goblin cannibal, or they could be. And that's in the game, you know, in the random encounter, usually we just have goblins this many. And okay. in the rules, if you read that kind of in that how that table works, like you can select the some of the more advanced ones, like one of or something. But it basically depends on your tier, which it, right. that's where the advanced game comes into play. It's OK, right. we're, you know, level one goblins to a, you know, level 12 party, which is the max level of the system. Yeah, that shouldn't be a threat at all. Right. right, because the times I've played in 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 retrospect, there's been a variety of different kinds of encounters. So they're not all just. It's not like you walk through the forest and suddenly it's it's designed for you. It's the the forest has what it has, and you might meet the worst of it. You might meet the least threatening of it because we we ran into a bunch of stags. We were able to. Um, supplement our rations for because you know we can't carry that much right yeah so and i seem and, to recall a really pimped out priest type guy that just flexed and shut down four of those stags yes so yes, basically i fed the, basically i fed, fed the whole party <laughs> yes, yes <laughs> um but so so the the flexibility that you were asking about joe is specifically with the monsters where there is more than one stat block so for zombies or for uh, 
whites or for goblins or these kinds of things, the game master is the one who determines which stat blocks are used. However, when it comes to you rolled an encounter with a T-Rex, well, that's what you got. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah you could have a T-Rex yeah. or you could have a T-Rex. And a dragon if we roll bad yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to pause for one of our uh, favorite dudes because he says nice stuff about us. Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division I had to tune into that big dick energy stream, Randy and Joe. How can, and how can I use the advan advanced beastary to torture my players with this? And he <laughs> follows that up with... Um, is there a way I can have my players in Horde Wars ravaged by jolt and blood fire giants or dream wraiths? So, oh, yeah, he's pimping out the yep. advanced beast theory. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> once you've played the game a bit, you can probably reverse engineer monsters oh, yeah, to fit. Sure, and Definitely. we actually do have templates for like how you fix monsters, like it makes sense. Um, cool. Don't know if we might try to get that in advance or not. That's still in the. I was going to ask we, you. We do have like, we do have a few tools that we do to go. Hey, if you're like, I want this, so they can fight giants, which are are going to be in advanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we moved them right. from basic. There's none in basic. Um, and you're going, but I want them to be like this from like some series, you know, or something, like. Hey, you can add, you know, switch out maybe a protection, like they go become fire or something. Um, and then they can channel their fire damage through the weapon. And that's a right there. Easy. You've got fire giants. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, just looking at even the basic, I can see how you could build a monster pretty easily. Um, I think it's, I mean, in terms of like, just give it this ability. And I, I was like, I could borrow this from this guy, borrow that from that guy. Next thing you know, you got a new monster. That's, that's kind of nice about the, I think the system. And, and it's not like you're over, your monsters aren't overloaded with like 47,000 abilities, no. which can be frustrating as a DM. Just like, which ones are worth using? No, no we were. Though, though the Arch Lich is a full page, like yes. top to bottom, two yeah. columns. <laughs> well, the, oh, I believe that. And well, uh, you, you because the lich, the lich alone is tough. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, there lich. was um, a a deal back when they were doing the monstrous compendium that they wanted to give every monster a full page treatment. And you know, the way those monsters are built, so that's not enough for them for some monsters, and it's way overkill for others. So instead of you guys want to fit a monster on the page, but you're going to, you have more than one. Sometimes there's two or three or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, um, uh, so that's much better than some, some weird, yeah. uh, adherence to, uh, must just one per page kind of deal. Right. Cause then they had to, they had to have, or they wanted to have, I guess, a uh, big art spread for each one. So that makes your book more expensive too. So I don't I don't see the point in that. You're mute. <laughs> yeah, you muted. You're it seems mute. weird to be mute, which I'm good at doing. Right. Um, it seems to artificially choose to have one page per monster was weird for. I think that was third edition where they tried to do that in three O. Yeah, and, something like that. But I also um, I don't know, we're kind of bleeding into the monster design talk, but I kind of wondered why you guys didn't have more fluff built in for your monsters. Like, well, you know, instead of a short paragraph, sometimes maybe just like 
three or four paragraphs, just saving space, letting DMs do their own. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Answer the question. Well, a couple, couple reasons. Um, mm-hmm. In some cases, the fluff is necessary for the function of the monster. For example, um, a zombie needs to be able to spread a zombie plague. So you'll okay. find a sidebar for that with our zombies. Mm-hmm. Or a werewolf needs to follow the cycles of the moon, right? Mm-hmm. To be a werewolf. Otherwise, you're just some dog guy, I guess. And then the humans, like, they have a name. <laughs> so, like, if you, you know, rolled that as the encounter using, you know, in canon people, like, how can you get a name that is culture appropriate for those people? And so we have sidebars for the mercenaries from the different parts of the uh, the different countries, the different regions of the world. Gotcha. So that you can go, okay, this is name appropriate for that culture. So when it's necessary for the function of the monster, we do that. But when it isn't, um, one, uh, we don't want to waste your time uh, or, or to clutter up a page uh, with information you don't need. But two, we kind of expect the reader... Uh, to be a fan of the genre and know what many of these things are. Right. And then thirdly, we've often embedded, you'll find it particularly in the monsters and beasts, not so much the people because they're people, they'll have their own motives, but within the monsters and beasts, we've embedded behavioral uh, encouragement in the stat block itself, where zombies get bonuses for flanking you, like beyond just normal. Right. Uh, they do a whole extra die of damage. So zombies are encouraged to mob you. Which is a classic trope for zombies anyway. Exactly. Right. But, aren't, but instead of telling you Zombies are mindless, though. How are they going to know they get a flanking bonus? Yeah, we're relying on the game master there. <laughs> well, or, or it just be, be the fact that, I mean, you can interpret that as that's what zombies do. Yeah, they, so they, yeah, they, good they, they surround you. They surround you. Yep. Yeah. Where a lot of it, like for humanoid, you know, character class characters their abilities will tell you what they're doing where for an animal or beast or a monster we have sort of that programmed language in there that this is their preferred method which gives them bonuses right and that's our way to kind of go how do they you know how do they fight like the little viper has you know assassination so when they bite you in the first round they're going to do more damage so they're an ambusher you know here's some hot praise Ultra American TTRPG or Horde Wars basic feels more like D&D to me than actual D&D. Thank you. Yeah. Dude, Thank you. dig that. Okay. I want to, I want to uh, rewind here in the comments back to what someone is asking as far as a design. Um, yeah. A I'm design up. consideration. I'm trying to find it, but I don't see it. Essentially, uh, L was asking something about why have so many, so you said 400 combinations mm-hmm. so a so old schoolers will say um you don't need that much because you can just role play uh so you have 400 different combos and some folks might say well what do you need all that for can't you just role play that and i will say what i think and then um why don't you guys follow up um role playing is different from playing from the rules that your character follows and your character's abilities. So sure you can role play different personalities, but that doesn't necessarily 
do anything except, you know, have a different experience at the table between the characters. You know, if you have a, a yep. fighter who's brave or cowardly or forthright or maybe sneaky, all those things um, will change the way they present at the table from a personality st standpoint, uh, but not what weapon choices they have or what focus they choose uh, to, to um, pursue with their, their character's abilities. Yep. So I, I like having lots of options and, this, and the way you guys present it, it's not an overwhelming, the 400 choices aren't like listed out. Here no, are your 400 no. choices. It's just, you have X amount of classes, X amount of races or species. And within those you have, um, as you level, are the 400 choices? Uh, oh, no, just that's that just level? basic. That's basic. basic. But that's yeah. what I'm saying is yeah. first level, when you make your character at first level, there are 400 combinations. It's simple, count it's simple counting. And yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. When you multiply races times two classes, I mean, quickly you get a very large number. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, the thing that's the thing of beauty, and this is from a guy who doesn't make lots of characters, and two comments that I'm praising, very praiseworthy. One, it's easy. Two, it's fun. I literally had a good time. I preferred, and I did all the, I mean, I even randomized things that weren't randomized because I was like, I'm going to play this race. I'm going to play this thing. I'm going to choose even some of the features I picked. I was like, I'm not sure. I'm going to roll this one. And I think it's nice for that to have enough options to where you could grab a D4 or a D6 and roll and see which one you pick. And it's fun. It's got, it has the ability to have super old school feel, even with the newer rules, the more right, modern rules. Right. right. Yep. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's what you're shooting for. So, and, and you accomplished it. So it's good. I, I'm excited about advance because I want to see more about the domain. I want to see more about the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm having a good time. I wonder. So, but we, ahead, we haven't really finished this. Out. No, no, I'm sorry. So there are 400 combinations. What do you say to somebody who says, why do you need that much? Well, because we designed the game that way. We could have given you less choices and given you a linear path like D&D does with, say, a fighter or with a paladin, where you might get one real branching choice like they do in 5th edition, or you might get none real branching choices and just kind of steadily plot along. Like instead, edition. yeah, instead, we broke them down into more basic components so that you can make um, what we hope to be a more interesting character. For those of you who've played third edition D&D, if you remember the Gestalt rules, um, that's essentially how we built our game by default. Yeah. And if you want to go into hard mode, default. you can play in one career. You can. You, it's an option. It's in the game rules. Uh, wouldn't recommend it for a first-timer. But you could also pick two character types um, that, like, two, like you could pick... Um, what would be an example of someone who's who wants to just be a fighter? So you don't oh. care about spell casting yep. or thieving abilities. They don't want to be an assassin. Sure, that's actually Say, how the mercenary class came out. I mean, career came out. Yes, right, 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 right. So a mercenary, an archer, a crusader, a blade master, a knight. Each of these comes with its own unique set of abilities that you can yeah. combine to make a character who's more skilled with different kinds of weapons. Right. So you could be a mercenary archer or a mercenary cavalier, right. which yeah. sounds odd, but it, it, you, it I'm sure it'll work out good. So you could be someone who's 
who just likes to swing your sword. Yep. Oh yeah. And there's there's options for you. Yep. And they should be obvious from, uh, from as far as I'm concerned. Those sorts of things. When I look through the character choices, there were some very obvious uh, combinations. So if you want to try to be um, a Jedi, right? <laughs> I think I picked a good combination for that with the uh, Red Wizard Assassin, right? Yeah. Okay. So he has some. Uh, so he doesn't have a lightsaber, but under the right conditions, he can go in there and just murder someone first round. So it can seem like that because that's what a lightsaber can kind of do. And he has some mystical abilities on top of that, his fighting. Yep. So in a rough sort of way. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, when you hit level three, you'll be able to get a lightsaber in effect if you want. There's a, there's a feature you should pick up. <laughs> Why did you tell me that? Because they don't, now I have to do it. Yeah. I mean, technically you can get it at level one. You just can't use your cantrip anymore. Yes. Oh, you have to sacrifice something out? Yeah, at level one you would have to. But well, it I won't take I remember, a feat or a right, feature. Right, right. I think I remember. Or you can just use your feature at one. That, yeah. I have to look at that. Um, I found the options. At first I was like, I think I'm going to be baffled by all the options, but I wasn't. I mean, I liked them. I liked a lot of things, but I just decided on a concept and I found it easy to pick. I mean, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the classic healer guy, but I managed putting a spin of a vampire hunter on my guy and I'm good at healing. I'm like a cleric and I like my dude. Oh, I mean, uh, here's a, here's a question. You said clear. Yeah. I'm sorry, Nate. That's fine. I, um, why did you go with more traditional, like priest, as opposed to more generic healer. So, if you, big, if that was even a thought process. No, um, it kind of was. From my side, Todd will give you a slightly or Blackwell give you a slightly different Kent. But the idea for us is in our setting, there's really two kind of three faiths, and the idea of like like the supernatural being where healing and life comes in, like you go to your creator or whatever. And so that gave us to like, well, how did that, what do you need to do to gain access to that power, which is be a priest in a setting. And so it's a more of a setting flair on it. Like why do we not have the paladin, but instead we call it the crusader because that's what's going on in the setting, which in basic, if you read those things, you kind of go, why was that chosen? Where hopefully when you have more of the backstory of the setting, that will make a little bit more sense from advanced. Actually, when Todd was running the game last time, and I want to tell him now, I am listening carefully to every bit of lore that he's dropping. And I'm starting to see why he chose Crusader. And it intrigues me how the NPCs of the area think of them. Some have certain... They seem to be fun, but it sounds like there's a drawback to them as well. They don't strike me as paladins. Not, well, a, not, they're, not, in, the, they're more not in the classic sense. They're yes. concerned with order. Right. Now, order and good segue. They tend to. Right. Tend but to. but yeah. order pressed down to heaven, heavily or oppressively can spin a bad light on the folks who are... Uh, uh, making that order happen. Right. It's, it's like the same reason why we called instead of a rogue, we have a thief and then the deep delver. Right. Right. 
Um, we don't have the rogue class, which is trying to put a you know nice spin on basically the thief. Right. Well, yeah. you know, when we and Randy talk about a game we want to make, we want to try to have the thief without having a thief. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think that's it's we're wasting a lot of brain cells by trying to um make it different but the same at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. put a coat of paint over the thief and call it something else. Right. And Mac, you're exactly right. Deep Delver is just like a Tomb Raider or Grave Robber. Yeah. Yep. Um, but to kind of answer the question another way, Nate and I went for greater specificity with our career names. We didn't go for generic terms. Mm -hmm. um, it reflects and, your setting. Uh, well, yes, but it also reflects like the job of the person. Mm -hmm. um, and we did that so that you gain some setting knowledge just by building your character. Yep. So, for example, if you choose to play a priest simply by building that priest, uh, and let's say you combined it with a knight, you would know stuff that is true of all priests. Right, in the setting. Um, um, in a general or, sense. In it, in it, well, like as far as what their starting abilities are, they're right, the same right, as yours. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, you would know what the religious restrictions are because you just read them. They're in right. your, they're in your career. So even if yep. you'd never played our game before, but just built your new character, you would know a little bit about the game world just from your two careers, right? Enough that, that you could actually share that information with the party in a useful sense. For example, a red wizard like you're playing. If you hear about an enemy red wizard, can tell the party that guy has fireball and haste. Mm -hmm. but, and you would know that. So that's what we watch out for. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's um, that's a thing that's a bit of a contention with, with some players is what knowledge your characters have about the wider world. Um, are you completely ignorant uh, Hicks that only know what is real between your house and the next hill and everything out out past that's a big mystery. You don't even know what um, the other classes do because some DMs say you don't know anything. So really when we started this whole system, even before it was Horde Wars per se, we generally considered all the characters were competent. So one that's thing we good. don't... Yeah, that was, I think, the major idea we had was, essentially, we have no negatives to skill checks. One that is harder for the math and stuff. Um, we might have some weird spots that's more situational than anything, but usually, like, hey, they have cover instead of you take a negative two, it's, they get a plus two bonus. So, it, it, yeah, so it changes the target number instead of giving you a penalty right. kind of thing. But. The basic idea is you're competent, but in your specificity, you have better abilities, i.e. your skills. And so like when you pick the priest, like Todd was talking about, you actually pick up the skill faith. So you actually have knowledge about your faith, but because we assume the competency, you can make faith checks on other faiths. And like, so like, you you have some knowledge and trained to do that. And so a lot of our, um, basically the trainings is you have more specialized knowledge than everyone else, but everyone else like 
you know, I teach physics in real life, but, you know, just because of things I picked up, you know, English knowledge, you know, pop culture knowledge. Am I good at it? No, (laughs) but I could still roll on, you know, roll. I might know that trivia question, for instance. Right, right. So incompetency is one of my pet peeves with with uh, the old school games conception of how you start out. It's, it's <coughs> sorry, my dog is trying to get my attention. It's fine. Shush. Um, um, so as soon as Randy gets back, I got to take my dog out. That's probably what he's doing. Anyway, I um, I really don't. So people talk about zero to hero. You can do that without being incompetent so when i say zero i think more of what what your influence is rather than what you can do so so even our characters they're competent but they're still nobodies because who you nobody knows you right unless i guess unless you've taken the um noble yeah but there's a nobility thing i can't remember what it's called is it noble or nobility Yeah. yeah yeah basically the position of privilege where you're a member of a noble house yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean you're widely known, but no. you're maybe slightly more important than maybe another PC. I've got to take care of my dog because she's being annoying. Be yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, guys. Oh, Joe and I are tag teaming because my wife is struggling a little bit with a with a tooth issue. So I may have to bounce back and no. forth, but I will not be leaving unless it's crazy this time. So um, did you guys get – Al had a question a while back. I don't know if bro, if, uh, Joe brought this one up. Was it the one about the – variety of careers because we, we answered that one no it's a little different he says so horde wars is an ip game like Pendragon or 13th age and you can't really make your own world the world is cooked into the rules that's his question oh well what do you think randy you've looked at it i absolutely don't think so i think you'd have to put a spin on a few of the character classes if i wanted to make a brand new world which has crossed my mind to make my own i want to wait to see yours but i would if i were to use i think horde wars is portable i think though the design of your world is going to have to bring some of that stuff into play and if you want a certain feel like you know you you have that randomness of a lot of the yep. different things i think that's i think it is very portable by the way i also think 13th age is portable i know it is i've done it i've created my own so mm-hmm. um yeah i don't think you're stuck but i understand l's question i think the game world itself um, which is why I want to see it. I think it's very playable. I don't see a reason why you can't do that. Yeah, I get it. Bruce says, um, like Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I, I prefer a game that is fit to a setting than just a generic. I mean, I like D&D, but it's pretty generic. So. And like the rules for us for like the combat spaces and the movement is, you know, map agnostic so you can be mm-hmm. hexes or squares which is like hey yep. you have this combat square it's a certain amount of distance and then we talk about miles for like long travel or whatnot i also um, think you guys could use you could use range bands if you wanted to in your game just keep we, the same distances and call them bands and not worry about the actual right what the actual and we basically is. do that with like close range short range um, now we put a number of squares cause then you can base your movement off of that. Right. Like, you know, medium range is up to 24 squares. So you have to move four rounds worth to get from one end to the other end of medium. Yeah. And we haven't been playing with our couple of play tests there with you guys. We haven't been playing with any kind of map or anything. So it's working out pretty good. Yep. And like, yeah. it was basic 
I mean, the sightings not in there. It's in there through the like the different careers and like the little notes here and, and the there, and the skills. But like this could be dropped into any world. Yeah, too. I think so um, too. It's just not, you know, it has enough flavor where you can tell it's not generic by the by the. When yeah. you read it, there's enough. When you talk about the Mer the Mercians and this and that and Saint Lucia and these things, I think yeah. there's there's flavor built in. There's campaigns where there's a world built behind it, but you can ignore all that. You can put your own. Yeah. Tags well, on I mean, it. how many of us have read some of the five E compatible, but it's a system agnostic books that's coming out lately, and you're just like, so the, basically they want to make a D and D book, but they wanted to make it something else, and then they fall flat. And really, what we're trying to do is. This is our game. If you want to play it, great. And really, mm -hmm. once you have the rules and things, you can play it however you want. Right. I mean, we're not There's holding no hands stopping. and do this. Yeah. But uh, we're giving you this is the world that this system was designed for. If you are new to DMing, new to playing, and you just need to know, like, hey, can I have that story out of the box? I mean, there's reasons why Paizio went off with the campaign arcs, you know, the book series, I'm trying to remember the term, but they use, but essentially the six book, here's this whole adventure. Right. I mean, people want that. They but, do seem to no, want it. They seem to. Um, but, I mean, there's a bunch of types of different gamers, and everyone wants different experiences. Yep. And so, a lot of times, and then you think about, like, all the different game systems or, like, settings or books you read, like, I want to play in that, you know? And so, like, well, how can you do it? Either there is, you know, a system designed for that. Um, like, I just saw one for the Crow movie. Mm -hmm. But, and then otherwise, it's like, well, how can we apply this to that and make it work? And we're just hoping our system is robust enough so you can do that. But if you want a setting, we have it. And it makes sense. Yeah, we we designed it to be um, modular, so it wouldn't be terribly hard to change the description of Crusader to read like a D and D paladin if you wanted to. Right. Oh, um, I think so. And, and so on, like it. So so, um, but our game rules are genuinely more efficient. Play faster at the table, and I know that partly because we've had a ton of play testing. And partly because that's the main thing D&D and Pathfinder players say when they try our game the first time. They talk about how much quicker the turns move and how happy they are about that. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's something I really enjoy. Um, your initiative system is by far my, one of my favorites. I like the speed. I'm a. It's not that combats can't be long. I just don't want to be waiting um, forever for my turn. And I don't want, and I, and I think I've talked a little bit on this show about the whole analysis paralysis. I don't think you guys run into that too much because you just don't have all that many options, at least at low level and not enough to make you go, Oh, what am I going to do? Well, it's also designed to break it down. We, we, we've tried other methods in, in our development, but basically Nate and I designed our game to in general play within the limits of human attention. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, unknowingly, there's actually 21 uh, careers. So, usually yeah. you can pick one. Like, everyone has their idea, I want to play this kind of character. 
Right. Like, I want to be a deep delver. And then after that, you're like, I have no clue. Roll a D20. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I love about comes it. Up, you know, like, can I do that? That sounds interesting. And even with the character creation, eventually you're going to pick one of the starting gears. You don't get both. Right. So you kind of have to pick what's your primary, at least initially on. Yeah. And we've had plenty of people that pick the primary. And then suddenly the thing that actually matters more is actually their secondary. And they're like, right. oh, yeah, I actually do have those abilities. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually find that since I picked two careers that are fairly close, what did I pick? The Acolyte and is it the Priest? Is that what yeah. it's called? Acolyte I picked those priest, two, yeah. but they do different things. And so I actually found myself going, oh, I got to make a decision. I want that, but I want that. Oh, which one do I want? Where if I think if I had picked something very different from the acolyte or from different from the priest, I might have been like, no, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be this kind of guy. It might have been a little easier. So the closer you pick them, I find the choices are harder. I mean, the comp wasn't field medic, which I love. It's been really paid up, paid off well for our particular group. Um, it was not the easy choice because there were several others that looked really tasty. So I was yeah. like, man. Uh, so hopefully later on I can get some of that other stuff. Yeah. So. That's and cool. we try to make it so that every career can do something in combat. So it's not like, hey, I'm the pacifist healer. So all I'm going to do is keep you up. Yeah. Like, even if you are that, you have other options that your character has. Like, goes back to the, hey, do people know what priests can do? And, like, the career priest, like, I know I said, like, the three-phase um it's the priest career is kind of separate from those in some sense. Like a priest has these abilities, mm -hmm. um, but generally the priest career usually in game would go for one of the particular religions. Yeah. Um, so, so we've had a couple questions about that. So in our game world at present, there is a single dominant monotheist faith of worshipers of the creator. Uh, they are mimicked by worshipers of the Dark One. This is an analog for like a Judeo-Christian God or for Satan, respectively. Mm -hmm. um, this is deliberate because if we're doing European medieval fantasy, you kind of need a, a central church. Right. Uh, if you're going to have crusades, you do need people to go crusading. Um, we also have the Drakarans, who are a villainous, uh, monstrous species who worship dragons as their religion. Mm -hmm. uh, the orcs have their own pantheon. The Easterns, which is a group of humans who live to the east, thus the name. Obviously, it's not what they call themselves. Uh, they have their own separate pantheon. There's also various cults of um, Dagon and uh, other, other Canaanite and Cthulhu-esque deities. So there are other religions, but they are not dominant in the starting area. Mm -hmm. And the priest, specifically, um, is a worshiper of the creator, whereas an acolyte could worship any of those gods. Right. Um, and the and the powers are different because of that. They're also they're also themed differently, which you'll see even more with the higher tier options with the capstones, uh, where you're okay. diverging more strongly. Yeah. Because, like you said, I, I'm thinking this and thinking this. Like it gets really bad at capstone time. You're like, oh. Right, so many good choices. Because you have to pick, because you actually have two paths for each career. Right, you and you got, the, 
And don't do you have a racial capstone? And then also rape racial mm-hmm. capstone. Yeah. Um, and so like that completely separates yeah. what you can do and kind of what you become in the world. Like the acrate might become a seer. You know. Right. Yep. It so what changes about, kind of your role. Should we swerve into monster design now, Joe? I want to kind of dig into some of that. Well, yeah. before, before we oh, do, just very briefly. Sure. Um, so to answer the a couple of questions uh, yeah. in in general, we are mm-hmm. currently working on um, uh, finishing our playtest material for a superhero game that we're working on. Um, that playtesting should be starting to happen online in May, mm-hmm. uh, but has already begun in multiple in-person groups. Um, we are also working on the not playtesting, but the production of Horde Wars Advanced. And we are hoping to have that out um, by about this time next year. That's give or take three months, um, basically depending on the speed of our artist, uh, our main artist. We have three artists, but one is doing the bulk of the work. Good deal. With so much, uh, you talk about playtesting and stuff, do you do you find motivation difficult? I mean, how many different games do you each of you have going on right now connected to Horde Wars, either the Supers or Advanced or whatever you're playing? I mean, I currently cut down to one at the moment, hopefully more coming forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Nate will probably be up to two starting in the, uh, as his new semester starts or going in, especially going into the summer uh, when we get the uh, playtesting going for um uh, for supers because we want ideally over a hundred play testers. Cause we actually did get that for horde wars over the time that we were developing it. And that really helped getting feedback from a def- bunch of different people with varying perspectives and varying levels of experience. Um, and then that, that being said, um, I am actively running two in-person groups and then I am that are like weekly. And then I am participating to varying degrees uh, uh, in one to three other games throughout the week, depending on, I've got like a once a month game, which is which has been play testing the nautical rules for Horde Wars Advanced. Uh-huh. Um, I have a, I have one shots that we do on our Gilded server. Um, I'm hoping to talk a few guys like Brian over there in the chat into running one shot occasionally as well. <laughs> Um, and maybe you, Randy, <laughs> I should, I, I need yeah. to, cause I have plans yeah. for Horde Wars. I need to, I need to get in yeah. there and dig. Well, my group is we're switching to Horde Wars, uh, next time we play. Awesome. So, yeah, awesome. Really Thank you. I'm sticking, I'm, I'm sticking to my settings, so it'll be, but, that's it, fine. It, oh, yeah, that's fine. but I'll be, uh, probably just using your, your class, your careers as, as is, I don't see a real problem. Um, maybe I'll, I may even be able to just. I'm not sure what even religions I've brought up yet, so I might be able to use your faiths too the same way. It won't be yeah, a big I, deal. I think that uh, while I wouldn't call them generic, I would call them somewhat universal within within the hobby. All of okay. them, I've you've, you know, we've all played them in, to one degree or another before by one name or another. Uh, whether you have little bits and nuggets of setting info embedded in there. Um, that kind of stuff can be easily. Oh, Randy fell out. Don't know what happened to Randy. Anyway, can easily 
there it's easily adaptable. Yep. I'm back. Sorry. Are you Don't just worry. hitting random keys over there, dude? Yeah, I'm just like seeing what happens when I push stuff. You know me. Yeah. I'll get used to it. I just push it. Right. Oh, In cool. terms of the superhero, there is a lot more careers in order to kind of make almost everyone you consume from any of those universes and stuff. Yeah. At least That's have like our own five. Yeah. I mean, we just added one yesterday, right? Yeah. Is oh, it, did you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Can you say if it's the same basic setup, two careers? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to say some superheroes need more than two. Oh, yeah. 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 But that's that, that, that helps limit the power level of the character. Right. And so, so you can run into a supervillain or maybe even a competing hero who is more powerful. And that's just how it will be for you. Right, right. Like, you're like, yeah, I'm really strong. I'm way more powerful than the random person. Uh, but Superman, he could kill me. Right. <laughs> yeah. So a Superman kind of character would be an NPC. If it was full abilities. You can get pretty close, though. You can get you a guy get who, won't, who won't die of old age, who can fly and shoot beams out of his eyes and has um, super strength if you want. However, if you choose to do that, you won't be quite as good as Superman at, at, at least one or probably two of those things. And you won't be picking up the frost breath or any of the other more ridiculous abilities. The super speed. But right. you, well, you could do that, could. but then you're giving up something else. Right, right. So you can get right. close. Yeah. And it's a question of what are you focusing on? Right, right. So like One Punch Man is very doable, almost out the gate. Um, many of the mutants, like X-Men style, we don't call that in our game because legal can't. reasons. <laughs> yeah, so many. Uh, it's a lot more. There's a lot more of that threat. going on in yeah. design. Um, I've had a little... Go ahead. But like, we have probably three or four ways to become Spider-Man. In the true set, you know, like in like depends on what you think of what Spider-Man is or what can he do. Sure. And so, where the X-Men a... types no. are usually easier to handle. They're almost yeah. monoclass for some right. of the stuff we do. I've had a small peek behind the scenes on it. And I've been talking with Dan Blackwall, and I do think it's got a lot of promise. I, th I, th I think Joe's going to like it a lot. The superhero thing? Yeah, she will. I think All right. Never, never I can't see how your, your game can, can, can support doc, a Doctor Strange character. So he would probably be uh, an NPC because Doctor Strange is cosmic level dude. <sighs> He um, he can affect the planet. He has powers that are, that are planetary level uh, yeah. things. Yeah, we do have a way to do that that gives you a bit of a risk reward, but we can talk about that later. Later, um, where you can essentially push your powers beyond where they should reach. Right. Well, in in the uh, the Doctor Strange type of super wizard can. Maybe not uh, at the heat of battle, always do everything that's under the sun possible. But uh, conceptually, you know, they have large tomes where they can find, oh, here's an esoteric spell that I can use to solve this problem. And uh, yeah, I will say hard, it's hard to really support in a game without it being kind of, you know, I, I will say that your best way to do that would actually be to take a Horde Wars wizard and go play him in that world. Um, with a bunch of scrolls, 
because with a bunch of scrolls with a bunch of scrolls because that's the way you the, get around that because the rules compatibility is close enough you you could totally do that um but in our supers game we have left out magic for as the norm on purpose we okay. wanted a clear delineation between here's fantasy and here's futuristic superheroes sure 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 so iron man or Professor yeah. x type yep. stuff yeah, not the Doctor Strange and Doctor Druid and all those. Right. Guys. Yep. Yep. And they, we do have um, careers that are more human based than just yeah. supers. I think you guys have a you have a good framework for what you want your superheroes world to be like. So it's not any superhero you could possibly imagine Anything from goes. any any comic book, but you can get the feel of a lot of superheroes. That you know, like their Spider-Man comment, you can definitely get the feel for that guy by making a certain character. So I think there's some advantages, but more. Yeah, we really had to hide that one though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one they are super litigious about. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> In so, any case. So you guys have a framework you're working on, which doesn't which isn't uh we can this in this game you can build any superhero you can imagine. Uh, from any pr product, you really can't. Pretty nearly. I'm what I'm saying is, is you've limited the power level. Yes. And by limiting the power level, you've limited the scope of the characters. You can you can conceptualize different superheroes, but not reach all of their abilities. Exactly. Right. So with within limits, right? So there's some that you could, but some that you can't. Yeah. So. On, on to on to monsters though. Uh, okay. Just wanted to just wanted to be clear about what it is we're working on presently for people who wanted to know. Okay, so what I was wondering with monsters, what was your? Because I've I've gotten a little peek. I've worked with you a little bit, Todd. But I want to know when you guys sit down when you guys sit down to make a monster, what is your first thing you look at? What are you? What are you thinking about as you create a monster? I, I mean, I have some ideas listening to you talk about it behind the scenes, but what are you thinking about when you design? We're going to create a dragon for our game. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you, how do you begin that thought process? Uh, well, kind of looking at the floor and the ceiling of how powerful do we want this thing to be? And are we wanting it to fight in groups or solo? Because, you know, there's some definite, like, action economy considerations um, for uh, for making it an interesting encounter. It's pretty boring if you have an opponent who can only do one thing around and is kind of slow and just has lots of hit points. Some monsters can be that way, but that's not, that's a bad norm. <laughs> um, it's also a bad norm to have, like, what should be a boss monster, especially in Dungeons and Dragons, where it's in the name, uh, who maybe just dies in one round. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you wanna you wanna think about okay, for a dragon, what what's the minimum just to be a dragon, and how 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 dangerous does this thing get? So you'll see, because in in medieval and also we tried to as much as we could be influenced by the real world. Um, okay. Because that that helps you, the random person reading our book, have a better insight into what we're doing. You don't so have to know us. More, yeah. 
You took a lot yeah. more from the actual historical accounts, like the classical view, rather than necessarily the D and D view. Right, right. So you lean into historic. Oh, you lean into a version of uh, medieval European gameplay. Well, and 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 some classical as well. Right. So, for example, we've got minotaurs or or, or medusas or this kind of thing. Right. And we also. Right. We also have some monsters that don't exist except in our game, like that we just we made because we thought they were cool. And right. you may or may not agree, but I pretty much guarantee you there aren't many other games in which your players will be terrified of a single snail. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, what's that one called? Is it the dream not the dream snail, is it? Uh, siren snail. Siren snail. Oh yeah, you don't want to yeah. mess with that dude. He is a oh my oh, goodness. well, it's not just a snail. No, he's he's <laughs> yes, awesome. No, yeah, he will screw you. If it's you just up. a snail, you don't care. But if it's a snail that can ensnare your mind and then <laughs> devour you, not the mind then... snail. It's a mind snail. Um, yeah, he's cool. But so for dragons, for example, we were mm -hmm. like, all right, um, what's the? Do we want wyverns? Like that was a question we asked, and the answer was yes. So what's the difference? Uh, wyverns aren't as smart. Wyverns, we decided for our setting, would be. Uh, two legs and wings, whereas dragons would be four legs and wings mm. as the norm. Gotcha. And so there's a, a visual distinction. Um, also, wyverns are like, you know, just, just like a beast, right? Yeah, they're, because they're, yeah. like a pterodactyl would be a kind of wyvern yeah, looking yeah. thing. Um, whereas the dragons are definitely fantastical monsters. We're like, well, what's defining about them? A breath weapon um, is definitely one of the cooler things i think um a terrifying roar that they can make also in general um the dragons in mythology or in 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 old history tend to be unique individuals right like they were different from one another i suspect it's uh based on the descriptions that in some cases they were fighting the last of the dinosaurs because some of them line up real good with dinosaurs that we know about now, hmm. some of their descriptions. But we're going to go with uh, with fantastical creatures, though, that are are different from one another, so you have to know about that one. Okay. There's stuff, there's stuff that's true. Dragons fly, or dragons can breathe some kind of element. Okay. Right. But Bardock the Stormbringer is going to be a very different fight. Um for you than Corvash the Nightfire because not just is it lightning versus fire but one of them can call volcanic ash down and make it so you can't breathe within like um, 48 yards of him mm. that, that matters quite a bit actually oh, sure. breathing <laughs> is important Yep. and knowing that before you fight him is key yes sure, that sure. would suck well, yeah, I haven't got that... to use a dragon yet yeah, so and then that dragons are all unique individuals instead of here's there's red dragons and green dragons and gold dragons and there's all, all the colors of the rainbow and then maybe some pseudo in between colors and right there's, there's all the age categories and you've got a whole landscape where there could be thousands and thousands of dragons running around and well that's not very reasonable <laughs> because there right. wouldn't be anything else but dragons Yep. Right. So, so ours are unique individuals, but there's um, this. They're essentially set up at three levels of difficulty. So, in the basic, you'll find the weakest dragons, three or four of them, 
and then you'll find one of the middle threat level dragons. Because he should just kill a fourth level party. Right. He should. But, you know, with the right gear, some luck, or uh, good planning, you might take him out. Planning. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> no, I can't remember what, what so the level... The dragons are all unique. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember what level we were when we tackled that dragon? At Your Adam character was, was one level ahead of the others. So it yeah. was either you were fourth and they were third, or you were fifth yeah. and they were fourth. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. And fifth level character where I think that you did tell me what to do as a tier two. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a nice bump. Yeah. 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 Did you... I was noticing too in the monster design. I was double checking. You guys did hit points in multiples of six. Yes. What was there? Is there something to that that you liked or something through playtest you found was right? Because mm-hmm. I oh. setting the difficulty of hit points are part of the difficulty. So. so you two are the math guys, you and Nate. Sure. Um, but the reason is because our most common damage dice, right, mm-hmm. are D12s. D6s and D8s. Gotcha. And you got some D10s in there as well. Yeah. But so in general, six hit points represents one max damage hit from a D12. Sure. Um, if they have protection right. or one max damage hit from a D6 if they don't. Gotcha. I'm thinking dragons are have protection from everything. No. Uh, no. No? Oh, okay. No, we do have a monster if you like that, but no, the dragons do have weaknesses. Um, so when you assign abilities, how do you? You mentioned that the arch. We we, we won't see the arch lich till advanced, but even the lich. Let me see if I can find him real quick. He's sure. got quite a few abilities, and. Yep. Where did you or did you draw a line where you said? I don't want to, because I I feel like all your monsters are very manageable. There's not like a, I recall, like the Lich here. Here I am. He There's has a bunch. There's a ton of theory crafting and yeah, field testing. Got I mean, page full of awesomeness, right? But yeah. Oh, so you play tested and saw what was best. There's a lot of variation, like of through times for a lot of those abilities. Okay. Um, yeah. Which that's why play testing's there for. Going, hey, did that work or not work? Um. Yeah, we, we had that play testing for like three years yeah okay um like the dragons originally didn't have like one or two of them had like the sandstorm and stuff of that nature mm-hmm. and we basically played into that like they're also forces of nature in what is now basic and advanced mm-hmm. but that was a yeah. ability that came later because we we're like they need something to make them pop more other than hey they breathe fire they um you know all roar they all fly. They all like eating things. Uh, and they all have some unique hunting style. Yep. Hmm. But that so, it became into that we needed something to differentiate them from each other. So do any of them have weird diets? Like in, D, in, the, in D&D lore, some dragons eat gems or gold or other weird things other than, than creatures. Well, I think... On the whole, we wanted to stick with the more classic theme of given a choice, they'd prefer to eat your daughter. <laughs> okay. Okay. If she was a virgin. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's the that's kind of the classic trope. And it's one of the reasons 
that the medieval uh, and and ancient peoples, when they describe dragons, like the dragons normally would like have killed several people from the town and in the story, and then the hero or heroes go and kill them. Right. Like the dragons were a problem, not because they were alive, but because they kept eating people. Right. And even like people. Yeah, even in the Epic of Gilgamesh, the dragon they fight in that um, is a problem because whenever they try to cut lumber in the forests of Lebanon, he'll come and, and try to eat the loggers. So the reason they kill him isn't because they want to go dragon hunting, it's because they want lumber. Right. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, that's cool. So, But then, like, other creatures like giants, we've had harder times to differentiate them. Like, how do they different on other things? Because they build us. Oh, and right. are there are there a lot of different kinds of giants, or maybe just a few? So, so for the uh, so for the ogres, right? Um, what's what's the difference in your view between them and like a hill giant in D and D? Height is about yeah. it. That was our impression as well. So we yeah. wanted something that made them stand out. So we decided to make our giants high technology and our ogres low technology so our giants are doing stuff like wearing plate armor and using Ooh. spring steel for crossbows whereas our ogres are running around in loincloths with clubs mm, yeah. okay yeah. spring steel crossbows yep <laughs> that sounds like a bunch of ouch time to me <laughs> that does sound rough <laughs> right yeah um so when, so when when you're making these monsters did you did you basically just I mean, like the, the hit point differential is pretty massive between monsters and player characters for the most part, and that makes sense. But did you have to just play test to sort of get a feel as to where you wanted them to be? Yeah. Because you guys have put, how many say over a thousand hours of play test into basic? Easy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Probably I'm like the one that said more hit points, more hit points, more hit points. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Monsters should have a lot of hit points, really. Yeah. yeah. Because if the monster has a few hit points like the players, they'll never get their abilities. They'll never show their right. abilities. So but, why would you call them monsters? Yeah, but if you, just you push can't them solve the problem always with additional hit points. Right. Is right. The, right. The problem. And so you have to find other ways that the players could possibly exploit, possibly not, to help boss monsters stick. There are other kind of monsters you don't have to make them stick because they're supposed to fight in groups. Zombies... Mm -hmm. It's fine if you kill a zombie in one hit. Oh, like, sure. That's sure. okay. There's 50 more of them. Yeah, yeah. But, but the if lich you're dealing... shouldn't go down in one hit. <laughs> right. And hey. so how does our lich stay alive? Did you guys notice? I haven't read the lich yet, so I don't know. Randy, you not... had him pulled up. I did. So looking at the lich. Um... Yeah. Read his traits, and you tell me what he, how he stays up. Oh, wow. Life drain. Oh, okay. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Takes away your hit points. Huh. No, no, no. What does it no. say? It says, what life drain the first does? time you drop an opponent to zero hit points during each round of combat, you regain your full hit ah. points. <laughs> well, their goal is to basically drop characters. Right. Sure, sure, sure. So they're going to focus on... And that gives them a certain, you know, play style. Sure, they'll, they'll direct all of their attacks against one person instead of spread them out. Most of wow. them. Yeah. Hmm. Brutal. And, so, and it doesn't matter how they drop them. Right. Whether like, they claw them or use a spell, if that's what they do. Yeah. But like the vampires, they do have their bite, which they get the health back. Right. 
but their other attacks do more damage. So it's kind of this question of, do I need the health or do I actually, you know, just want to kill you? Right. Okay. So in with the Lich, when you say drop a character, does that mean that they're rolling their however many rounds they have till they die or that they're dead? Uh, when you when you drop a kit, an opponent to zero hit points, so it's the hit points that are definitional, not whether or not you have actually died. Right. Well, so what I mean as far as life drain. So yeah, when they, when they do yeah. that, so the that zero hit points, the zero hit points. Not it doesn't mean when they've life drained you, you are toast. Correct. You still have a chance of coming back. Okay. Yep. You still you still have your bleed out timer, which without yeah. intervention you will die. But right. yes. Um. And, uh, and so, but so, so we've done, we've done that. So with the monsters, as much as we can, we're trying to give them a, like for the boss monsters, a unique way or a fairly unique way to fight you or to oppose you. For example, um, our Banshee, um, can do a multi-opponent paralyzing, uh, shriek. Which right. gives him the opportunity to then, or him or her, the opportunity to then claw you to death. Well, Benchies were, weren't they, according to Lord, all females? No? Uh, that's that's a that's a and d thing. That's yeah. just oh. a and d thing. Okay, I thought that they I got tell, that yeah. from lore. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they just made that. I think D&D &D makes it even more narrow. I think it's supposed to be like elven, elven, elven females, females, female, female, females yeah. or something. And she had a death well. You literally had to save or die. So, yeah, yeah, it was deadly. Um, whereas That's the poltergeist, cool. who's also a ghost like the banshee, mm -hmm. um, like his cool ability is um, terrifying you and giving you affliction or seizing control of your body and puppeting you, oh. um, so, or just hurling objects around. Yeah, so when you're making monsters like that, have you found that to be? Where would you rank that in the enjoyment side of design? Do you really like making monsters, or is that more mature? Depends what they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I enjoy it, but I would say that it is easier to do the NPC character design than yes. the monsters. Yeah. Because they tend to have already had some elements of them play-tested with our building the careers. Whereas the monsters right. often need like some boutique ability designed, tested, repeatedly tested, and then usually edited to make it a little more idiot proof. Sometimes we're the idiots. Sometimes we go right yeah. back in and go, what did we mean here? <laughs> yeah, the whole scent ability for canines, it's just... So speaking of NPCs and careers, are all humanoid beings not, that are not monsters, do they fall under the career types? Do all NPCs, are they all, are they, do they all have a or multiple careers or do they, are, are there NPCs that are distinct or built differently Generally. than PCs? So yeah, gen generally the NPCs uh, in Horde Wars are single career um, characters. Children wouldn't be. They wouldn't be in a career at all yet. Right. right, uh, right. Um, and there are some more advanced ones who are uh, multi-career, but that's quite rare. In general, being in two careers is one of the things that sets apart the player characters as more powerful in the game world. Um, now, every once so in a while, you'll get... Like... 
Yeah, every once in a while you get an NPC who breaks a game rule. Uh, for example, we have a named character um, for advanced who has two maneuvers around, not one. Hmm. And he's just a very skilled blade master. But maneuvers for him still work the same as maneuvers for everybody else. Correct. Other than that, he has two, not one. He has two. Okay. That's and fine. So like that, sorry, the thing was it's they're named. So right. like they're a person, not the stat block. So that would be That's like Inigo Montoya. He look he yep. works differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And when some you... of the more advanced, this is more in the advanced game, like the people on the high end might have abilities that characters can get, but because they like broke through tier four or something, we kind of have this idea, especially supers, their abilities might be slightly elevated and there might be ways to get to that level. Hmm. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, yeah. But that's more for the superhero game. That's more of the superhero game. Yeah, yeah. so to tiers, there's um, three or four? Three? There's three. Three tiers. Right. That's what I thought. Okay. Monsters. Yes. Something we talked about before coming on live. Uh, yeah. In the monster stat blocks, they're yeah. all, when you read them, it says you. So I've already oh sure talked about you a... to you why I was confused with that. Why don't you tell people, there might be other people out there who read them and said, says you. That's interesting. Let, Why don't you explain let me give you a, an example text, right? So people understand what we're talking about. So the false door has an action called bite. It's a natural weapon. And what it says is make two attacks against targets within two combat spaces for 2d10 piercing damage. Any creature damaged by these attacks has his speed reduced to zero until the end of your next turn. Your here being the monster, the false door. Um, and we are writing that way for a couple reasons, one of which is actually just spacing. Uh, if you write this creature, this monster, or write out the name of the monster, it tends to take longer, uh, like, like to read, but also to fit on a page. And as much as possible, we tried to design our monsters to be on a single page or on a quarter of a single page, or a half, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that there's not just a, a bunch of wasted space because we weren't efficient at writing. Right. But also, um, you, the game master, are not, in fact, in the game world. It's, it's the avatars of the monsters and villains and NPCs of various sorts that you're controlling. That's who's in the game world, not you personally, uh, unless you have a very odd game. Uh, right. So that being said... That effectively is you. You you are the real human mind who is controlling those characters or those monsters or those uh, uh, animals. Whereas for the players, their only avatar in the world is their character. For functional purposes, that's you. I mean, it's not you, the human playing the game, but that's, that's your inter interface with the world. Right. A lot of people have want you to speak in a particular person. I switch around a he, a me, uh, say my character's name. It doesn't, it's no big deal to me. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't harm my experience at all. But some folks like to be sticklers with that stuff. Yeah. And, and when I saw you in there, I was just kind of, what's that about? And after you explained it, I was like, oh, okay. I understand where you're coming from. 
a lot of it too is we're trying to be consistent in the language throughout. And that just yeah. seemed to be the best condensed way. So the same ability reads the same way in different places. Right. Oh, oh yeah, you can just copy paste if it's the same ability. Yeah. Did you guys decide to group the monsters like beast, monsters, NPCs? Or how did you label the NPCs? Um, oh, so an NPC is just a non-player character, but there's right. still a, a character in terms of they are, how can I, this isn't how we explain it in the game rules, but for our purposes, a person with a soul. <laughs> yeah. No, he's yeah. asking about grouping the I mean, the like you, you have beast yeah. and you did all the beasts in alphabetical order, then you're the yeah. monsters in alphabetical order and the NPCs. Yeah. What well, did you have a, a reason for that and not just well, yeah. easier to find? Yeah, well, one, we have special weapons that are especially good at killing certain kinds of creatures, uh, whether it be beasts or monsters or other characters. Um, and this isn't new. Tolkien no. does this. Um, uh, the Witcher series does this. There's there's a whole bunch of uh, fantasy literature where this is this is the an, an idea, and so it's an idea we also have, and so they're sorted that way to make it kind of easy for you to distinguish them. But also, there's generally speaking, um, a difference in mental capacity or behavior between uh, the different those different groupings. Okay. Well, I, I was thinking more about how you put it in the book itself. You have a beast category than a monster because I've I first found myself when I was rum rummaging through. I would be looking through, you know, the uh, monsters. Like I can't find this creature. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Dude. And I was like, yeah. oh, because it's then I realized it was alpha, alphabetized according to um, creature type. Yeah. yeah. Um, side we, comment. I, I can't seem to comment on YouTube. I have no idea why. But I also can't. I, I tried see. to do it earlier and it I'm failed. On it's because you're not logged in. I can comment on YouTube because I'm also viewing the stream. I seem to be logged in. Yeah. So I go to the other window and I can do it. But yeah. in any case, yeah. Um, that yeah, that sorting. We originally tried out a greater variety of creature types, mm -hmm. and we found in playtesting that a streamlined set of three or four worked much better because the players could remember them all. Uh, gotcha. And this is pretty intuitive, where it's real world animals or very close to real world animals are mm -hmm. beasts. And then monsters are generally unnatural creatures or um, monstrous versions of a beast, right? Very, um, very simplified compared to like Pathfinder or 3.5 yeah. where we had all these million yeah. different categories. First of all, we started about seven creature types. Yeah. And it just got too much. Well, no, the plate the, we could track it, but the playtesters yeah. couldn't. Couldn't. Ah, uh, and did you also have multi more material types to handle all that? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Like we had sort of the monsters split into two categories, where it's you have general monsters and you had like shadow spawn. Yeah. So we've removed that, which is what kind of where the witchwood was like. It's the shadow spawn area. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. But now it's more like, hey, just monsters live there. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the other things that now some of that material did get kept in just in a different way. So yep. when you go into the basic rules and you hop over to 
the uh, table where you can roll for magic weapons of various kinds, ar artifact weapons. Um, so that's going to be on pages 154, 155. Some of those special material types wound up there. So uh, an example of that, um, uh, it, it, or, or the, those the idea. So like we have, um, uh, let's see here. There we go. So we've got blood forged. So those those weapons are made in a special process, and they do an extra die of damage against any creature that is below its maximum hit points. Oh, okay. And so it behaves differently than like the silver or the bronze or the or the black iron. Um, or we have the colossal uh, uh, material. And essentially, colossal weapons have to be built in a special way for giant creatures to wield, but they do two ex two dice of damage uh, instead of one all the time. Oh, okay. But you have, for a character, you have to have some special abilities to be able to pick it up and use it at all. Right. Makes sense. Um, uh, or Dawnfire, extra dive damage during the day. Nightfire, extra dive damage during the night. Okay. So there are other materials, but we've got them embedded in the uh, in, in, in artifacts that you can discover. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Now, we've talked a little bit about I'm talking to you a little bit in the Supers game, designing foes. Do you often when you look at your list of monsters as they're building up, do you go, man, we don't have enough monsters that make it difficult for characters to move in the battlefield? Or we don't have enough monsters that tend to shut down spellcasters? Do you think in that category two, once you've built an array, you had 20, 30, 50 monsters, you're like, I feel like we don't have enough that does this sort of thing. Do you think like that too? I think that that's one of the things that Nate actually does quite a bit. Hmm. So... Because a lot of it is you have all these options. And the question is, if you keep randomly putting together, do you always end up at the same point? Right. Can you get to that weird possibility? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where you kind of look at it going, okay. So we have, using the supers, you know, a cold controller and a cold blaster. They're slightly different. Like, they're different careers. And you don't always want to just put them together. Um, and so then the question is, okay, how do we divvy those out? Like what roles do they fill? Um, I know back in Horde Wars, we always wanted more trap monsters, like a spider that would lay like nests or something and you get stuck in them. Okay. Yeah. And, that, like and so we've got a few of them, but they, those are challenging to design. Yeah. And and importantly, challenging to design in a way that the players might ever fight them more than once. Because once they identify them, they will avoid them like the plague. Yeah. Okay. I had I made an encounter. I didn't invent a new brand new monster, but I just made an encounter and I called this giant spider a trapdoor spider. It wasn't. I just used it the spider as is, but I had it camouflage a section of road or ca camouflaged his trap as a section of road. And when the characters were walking down the road going from A to B, well, they just fell in the trap. There really wasn't a roll. I just made it happen. So, yeah. And they fall in the trap, 
and then they fight the the spider and its many children. So, yep. um, and that was just uh, I can't remember was that Pathfinder or something. I think it was Pathfinder. Yep. So, just to say, I mean, you can you don't necessarily have to have. I guess with uh, the way Horde Wars is designed, you probably wouldn't want to just use one of those spiders and do that. You're going to have a spider that does that. Oh, right? you you can do that. We've got traps and such like that. You can you could totally just combine them that way. But um, I think what Nate's more getting at is we wanted to make sure that we have uh, cool creatures with unique abilities, and so. I mean, that's challenging when you're getting into uh, designing a couple hundred. Yes. That's and that's, what I was wondering. And, and so so it, so it that that took some time. Um, sure, and because you don't want that much overlap. Because there's yeah. a bunch in there that, like, you go, I need to have this, like, vampire analog. Mm -hmm. And then what is it going to look like? And then later on, you're going, well, we have this desert biome. <laughs> we need something mm -hmm. that lives there, mm -hmm. you know. And so then that kind of fills in kind of like gaps and then going, okay, what makes this great? Because there's a lot of basic creatures. You're like, why is it not in there? Well, it's really the same thing as this, just in a different location. Yeah. Like we didn't put um, a tiger in there because we've got a lion and a manticore and a panther. And if you really need a tiger stat block, you can, you can probably get one right there. Yeah. 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 I agree. Big cat is a big cat. Yeah. Did any of your monster design ever lead to change in character design? Yes. yes? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you give an example of how that may have worked? Uh, vampire Hunter. Okay. <laughs> it literally visually was to kill vampires. Right. Um, so back to that Shadow... Um, Shadowborn. Shadowspawn. Uh, yeah. Um, they would do an extra die damage against them because vampires were that. And then when that creature type ran away, we're like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And then we made it more generic kind of monster slayer type. Right. Yeah. And I think the Huntsman in the end is a much yeah. stronger design than our original, which was a explicitly vampire hunter. Ah, okay. There's a similar type of class in um hyperborea hyperborea it's called a huntsman i think a hunter think so. or a huntsman something like that and but they hunt werewolves yep mm, yeah so they're they have a designated creature and they are good at hunting werewolves of course they're hunters and, in general as well but they they go after yep. the, the and my the character's a vampire werewolves. hunter and i think the big advantage i get is a uh, an extra level of, I can basically ignore one level of affliction, which right. is yes. pretty sweet, actually. That's a very sweet ability, by the way. I mean, affliction is bad news. So when you get to it, yeah. Yeah. When you get a couple of them, you're like, even one does suck, but two or three, you're hosed. Yep. So, yeah. But yeah, no, there's a lot of creatures we're going, if we want them to do this, there needs to be a way for the players to undo that. Um, like disenchant added, there's a whole lot more things on disenchant now than it was originally, because yeah. we needed some way to undo that. And Especially that to witches. And yeah. that wasn't relying on you on you just having a priest. Yep. We found uh, right. playtesting 
that not every party has a healer. Right. Well, it's it's, it's a the the historical thing is players want the the healer to do the healing, but the the player of the healer or the cleric wants to be up there smacking things with their mace. And then, you know, when people whine about, you haven't healed me yet this round, um, you know, so I think live, live to the end of the fight, then you get healed. I think Horde Wars has a neat way to handle that. Yeah. I like the fact that you can benefit from one potion and the healer only has so many options. And even though I'm the medic, the healer guy, I have some powers. I can slap some things around and I can put things to sleep, which is pretty sweet. So oh, is that is that consideration a balance uh, thing? Balance and also make a more deadly wool. So we kind of started this. We didn't want easy street. We wanted more of the old, old timey feel of older editions. Right. And the easiest way to do that is too many people got used to the idea. I can just keep chugging healing potions to one set. Yep. Um, like. I used to run Pathfinder Society as a venture officer. And like the big thing everyone did there was buy wands of uh, cure light wounds or, yeah, or less. That was the, you know, the most geez. effective um, healing uh, thing in the game. Hands and down. so it's like, hey, the fight's done. Okay, tap, 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 tap. Okay, I'm good. I can go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're cheap. Yeah. Use them all day. And, and also... Also, the inability to heal in the wilderness, other than with potions or with a caster, mm -hmm. I think really helps increase the danger level, yep. as well as making your inventory matter. Yeah, you really did that. Got a yeah. bone to pick with that. Go <laughs> <laughs> love the big scrolls. That was great. They they, they had to buy a pack mule. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Joe, you, you want that. You want pack mules and party, all these okay, extra party do, NPCs and running around. That, and that's why I had a couple crap. of questions about the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, steeds and stuff at the beginning before we got online. I yes. was looking at that stuff and was trying to make, uh, trying to wade through uh, having that. And then, yeah, how do we have a manservant in this game? Can you just hire people to follow you around? So uh, you dominion can. play. <laughs> huh? Yes. Yeah. So so domain play includes um, play. all all of the, the all all the pricing on hiring people and also what they would individually yield in taxes, but then it also has it based on like uh, settlement size and this kind of thing. Right. But, but if I just wanted to have a, if uh, you wanted to just hire a mercenary, that pricing is already in basic. Just go okay. to the mercenaries and look. Okay, so if I don't want to have someone to fight for me, which is yeah. no, I just want to have if if we want to just have camp followers that totally that we we just have set up and break down and cook our food and carry our stuff. Yep. You know, because we're better than that. <laughs> yes, you can you can do that. that. Okay, cool. Because you can you can hire a scroll carrier. Scroll carrier, scroll bearer. I see, I scroll see caddy. Across yeah. the, a scroll, oh, scroll do you guys have? Uh, I mean, magical... there's always Derek, the um, woodsman. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, in the in the yeah, he'll go with you. <laughs> Derek is not kind, but you can definitely hire him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's gruff, but he'll he will he functions as a party member if you want to take him. He'll help. Yeah, but, there's also but... there's also a crusader like that you can hire at Fireheart Keep. Oh, okay. Cool. Will he will he be uh he won't be gruff, but he might be kind of preachy. Yeah. Or okay. Um are there like bags of holding kind of things? 
Oh yeah. Um, there oh, there okay. are not like that you can purchase if that's what you mean. Then Nate's quite correct. No, I mean find. Yeah. Extra yep. dimensional spaces. Yeah. That you can yep. carry around a whole more stuff. Yep. There are magic items uh, uh, that will increase your carrying capacity in different ways. Okay, that's cool. So, yeah, um, so I think what I had more of a problem with when you were talking about the scrolls is that the reference to how scrolls were. So, um, to me, having anachronisms or relying a lot on historical stuff and you guys you guys base a lot in historical stuff as a baseline yep. but uh to me a potion and a scroll having equivalent having an equivalent carrying capacity is a little weird but i think it's not um it's not from weight or volume because you say standard item. So I think it's more from a balance perspective or difficulty level for your game. So you can only carry so many potions or scrolls. If you, if you, paper doesn't weigh anything. So you could say that magical paper might have more weight, but paper doesn't weigh a whole lot, but the scrolls do take up a lot of volume. So I get that. You, you also should, should remember that at least for any any period before really the last 300 years, paper really does weigh quite a bit because it's made of things like cowhide. It's not... Well, that's not paper. No, no, that's parchment, but that's what scrolls yeah. were made made with. Or it's made with multiple layers of pressed plant, uh, like papyrus, right. um, which those scrolls weren't particularly small either. Uh, the fragments are when you find a broken one. Sure. But, but when you, if you see one intact, like it's the size of your forearm. Right, um, right. So if you're but trying to carry... That being said, that being yeah. said, though, that thing, I mean, how big are we saying a potion bottle is? So, uh, and how usable is it? So, but we... Right. I, I'm, right. I'm not going to get into the weeds with that. <laughs> I wouldn't say it would be that big because yeah. can you down a potion like that in one go? One thing I think that will help visually is we actually have a guy working on uh, item artwork yeah. Currently, you guys know him, David Guile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, He's working on item artwork. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. It doesn't really matter a whole lot because I think those. If you get too far into the weeds with how yeah. big is a is a potion bottle, how big is that? Um, then you're talking about something different than what you yeah. guys are doing with your standard item mechanic, because right. your standard items aren't all uniform. No, correct in size and volume and weight. Correct. So. It's more usability. Yes, if it's I think it's also useful. It's going to be at least a standard item and maybe bulky, like swords. They're all bulky, pretty much. Because pretty much. Really oh, useful. Yeah. And yeah. they want to make it a little grittier. That's kind of. I mean, yeah. they have so yeah. much yeah. fantastic stuff going on. At least here, and I kind. I liked it. I mean, I liked that we had to. Joe couldn't have forty-seven. Yeah, but you're stingy. So, so yeah. you, your your opinion don't matter. You're oh, it will. It will next week. And I'm running. Well, Joe, I'll just tell you, you can blame me on your scrolls and magic items being standard items. Because yeah. I was the one that ultimately made that decision. I don't blame well, you, Nate. I love you. I, I well get done. It. it took yeah. me a little while to get to where you guys were probably thinking, along with some historical issues, but also use how useful they are. If if yeah. you can carry in any number 
of scrolls or potions, right? Then the game is different than uh, what you guys are going for. You guys right. are going for right. in your game, right? But also, also, um, uh, we were trying to address a problem that we noticed in a lot of role-playing games, which is non-standardized units of measurement, which make it just a giant pain in the butt to calculate care encumbrance. Yes. Right. We we standardize units of measurement with the simplest system we could think of that still had some weighting of value of things. Yeah, value from different points of view, though. Yeah. Right. Because scrolls are really, really useful. Extremely. And, and they we should have bought the hay scroll. What you don't have, <laughs> what you don't have in Horde Wars, is the wizard with a big thick tome that knows lots of spells off Correct. the top. You know, just knows them. But you can you can have somewhat you can get there somewhat with scrolls but you have to watch your inventory or you have a scroll boy or yeah. score or, or you find one of the ancient tomes from the magic items oh i yes. we haven't come across those yet no you haven't <laughs> that's cool hey it's i don't i'm trying to rush you guys it's past nine do you guys need to go Oh, yes. The group has gathered at my home. I've tried to keep them as quiet as possible. You can okay. say hi now, guys. Hey, oh, hey you guys. We, we yes. hear them. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I've tried to, I've done what I can with that. But so I should get going and then Nate should head over here soon. But it's been great being on. Yes. Thank and you, guys. I'm looking forward to gaming with you guys again in January. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And Randy, hopefully I'll see you for some game design in a week or two. Very soon. Yes. And Joe, you let me know. Yes, I will. Thank you, Nathan and yep. Ian Blackwall from Blackwall Games. If you've not gotten Horde Wars Basic, stick around. You got to have a chance for a free one. Take care, guys. Yep. Enjoy. See you Thank later. you all for having us. See ya. Yep. Yeah, good you're night. welcome. Everybody, go um, find Horde Wars stuff over at um, Big Geek Emporium. It is up. It's a little slow, but it is working. I've had we've had some sales, we've had some other activity. So please go there, biggingaborium.com, get that PDF or contact DM Blackwall. Let me see if I can paste that. Blackwall games, yeah. It's yeah. in our yeah. Yeah. Thanks for Brian James. He was one of our partners in crime this past week. He played with the show to how to be a to learn some stuff. He was a he's a good player. It's nice to have him around. It was very fun running the game or playing the game. Hope to be running it soon and I'll have a report. Okay, so, so that that had some gobbledygook in it. Let me try that again and get you gobbledygook on them. I I can't do anything right because apparently I've like pissed off uh um yeah I've pissed off a YouTube or something because I cannot comment on YouTube. I can only comment through here. Horde Wars at blackwallgames.com. That's it Joe. All right. Yeah, our men said Biggie Comporium wouldn't load last night. Uh, hopefully it's getting better. I'm not sure why that would be the case. They should be done with their transition, right, Joe? Yeah, they never sent me an official uh, message on that because they, they, they told me when it's done, we'll let you know with, and give you some next steps so that you can take care of your site well. Well, they didn't do that. See uh, why I English, don't like technology? Yeah, well, the English isn't their first... Uh, <laughs> Language, ah, so maybe there's gotcha. some communication issues there. No. Well, we got three Horde Wars PDFs to give away. Should we go ahead and do that? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Did so, um 
Okay, yeah. I'm going to say this again, just in case some of you folks who are here now weren't here earlier, but were here last week, and perhaps some of you are the ones who won last week who did not email us to get, tell us the email to send your link. I'm going to post the email. Actually, I'm going to post this one this time. The Geeks at, oops, sorry. I was typing, but I wasn't going anywhere. The Geeks at uh, BiggestGeekestPodcast.com. Yep. Oh, not podcasty. Sorry. <laughs> Drop the letter Y off that. Drop that Y. Ah, uh, there's Mark Markham. Yeah, it's Mark. Your, Mark Markham. Yeah, send Drop. us your email to that to that new email thingy. Yeah. Um. Not the. Drop the Y after podcast. I <laughs> yeah. added a Y for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> don't know why he swallowed a fly. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we need to give away some PDFs. Let's so, do it, man. Yes, if you have not won one, won one. If yes. you have not won a copy of the PDF of Horde Wars from us yet, and you would like one, we're giving, uh, we're giving them away. Three more tonight. This will be our last three before the big holidays, Christmas, man. Sweet. Oh, our man asks, can I give the PDF to my friend? Sure, I'm going to send you a link. You can send him the link. And it'll be a done deal. I think he's assuming he wins, which he might be. I'm not sure how many folks are going to want one that are here tonight. So you want to tell him to put the one in the chat so we can give him a minute or two? Yes. Put, if you want the PDF and you and uh, you have use for it, even, even, even if you have won it already, put in a one in the chat. <laughs> He already gifted eight of them. Ha, ha. Um, Ready to go, Brian. So, yeah. Put a one in the comment, All and right. we will. you will uh, be in the running for one of three. We're going to give away All three. All right. Arn Man and Halcyon both are in the running for the PDF. One more person. We give them all away. We'll give you another minute. So Christmas is coming, Joe. I'm pretty pumped. I love Christmas. Are you all ready for it? Have you bought all your gifts and got your tree up and all ready to roll? We got our tree up. Okay. We got, um, we sent out our Christmas cards. Um, we meant to bring Christmas cards. We we went to Pat's for a Christmas party. Shindig, yeah. And we didn't bring our cards that we could have just handed them. You know, it was missed opportunity. Shucks. So. Now you must travel around the, all the Tri-City area. Well, we just, we just dumped a bunch of them in the mail. Right, so. right. We have been so sidetracked with uh, some of our health issues at home. Oh, we got uh, Larry Elliott and our okay. man, Halcyon. We'll give him another minute or so, or we we'll to give a 30 seconds. Yeah, we'll give one more minute because we've been jawjacking here. We'll give you one more minute. Uh, so far, one. we have three, and we we have three left. If no one else goes on there, those three folks are getting it. That's right. Halcyon is off from the 21st. I have a friend in town, Halcyon. I wanted to game with you. Hopefully we can. I'd like you to meet my buddy. So, well, I've loves... got at least got a three-day weekend. Good. Well, we're going to figure it out. That's probably the Horde Wars game. So we got to figure that one out. It's going to be a big day event. We're going to make that our uh, Black River Valley playtest game. We're using 
Horde Wars this time just to mess around with it. So sure. So we, we got um, three folks, I think, right now. Are we doing that uh, as a New Year's Day thing? And not we talked about that. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I can do that. I got a lot of free time. Halcyon's off from the twenty-first to the second, so he and I need to get together and play some. I haven't seen uh, our, our pal Halcyon yet, and then the thirteenth, I think, we're having our uh, business meeting for CabinCon, which I do believe Nathan and uh, Blackwall are going to be at CabinCon again. That's so, yeah, th- yeah, that's great. And All at right. Big Geek Con, so and Big Geek Con. Yeah, All right, baby. Looks like we are, we are, um, we have three to give away. We have three we winners. Have three winners, and I'm going to post. It'll be Arn Man, Halcyon, and Larry Elliott. So we know two. We know all of them. Actually, we've met every one of them. So good dudes. I'm glad they got it. Most of these people here, I've if I haven't met, I'd really like to because our people at chat are super awesome. So hoping this year that at least one, if not both, the biggest geekists are going to make it out to Grand Con and maybe further. We'll see. Oh, yes. Piper should come again. She was cool. We're going to try to make it bigger and better every year. A little bit bigger, a little bit better, or at least a little bit better. It may not be bigger. I like the size of Big Geek Con. Ping me at the geeks at biggestgeekistpodcast.com. I have uh, another email. Um, you can use if you've previously emailed me just go ahead and send it to there. Either one is good, but definitely if you have not emailed me personally yet, send it to the geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Ping me that way. I can then send you uh, the winners a link to the PDF. I cannot email it directly. It's too big. Yes. Very cool. Arnman. Joe, it's, can you write down the winners? I can. Write down the winners. Do you know who won last week that hasn't? Uh, I know we got Mark one. Markham Mark. is going to contact you. Dice Tales won, and so did Joyce. Uh, Joyce. Joyce. So Dice yeah. Tales, if you're listening but not participating in the chat, please send me an email so I can get you the link to the PDF. Yes, Larry Elliott, Halcyon, and Arnman. Do the link sending or the email sending to Joe there at the geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. All the other ones have been sent out. Well, dude, it's 917. Do you want to call it or do you want to talk about anything? Do you want to do any other segments I put on there? What do you think? Let's see here. One of them's a little uh, timely, but we could skip it. It's not a huge deal. We, didn't we talk about this before? Whose Which game one? is it? We may have, so we can hold off on that. I also added one about the Hasbro layoffs, but why don't we just let that go? I don't see that okay. as all that interesting, other than no. Hasbro sucks, and we knew that already. The only interesting thing about that is we got some cool stuff from the demos. <laughs> yeah, and didn't have to give Hasbro a dime, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, for free. And it's stuff, uh, the stuff that they gave uh, me is universal. Nice. It's just some tiles. Very cool. Very cool. Game tiles so that you can use for any game. All right. Any man. fantasy game. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Whose game is it anyway? I think that this was a segment that we uh, dropped before. Yeah. Well, I'll put it on the next one. We'll do it. Well, Mac, I do feel, I feel a little sorry for the people in around Christmas time getting laid off, even if they are purple hairs, like you said. But you know what? I hope you, you'd like to think they can purge them and get rid of the, the of those crazy bozos. But who's to say they won't replace them with someone worse? 
D and D, as far as I'm concerned, seems to be a lost cause unless unless Watsy sells it off, or unless yeah, unless Hasbro sells it off. Yeah, Patrick has Joyce's copy. Yeah, yes, sweet. Yeah, with Hasbro, I mean, I don't want to wish uh, uh, bad feelings or anything like that, bad karma, whatever you want to call it, uh, on people that I don't know, uh, but. There's probably any big corporation has um, that's been run poorly, like Hasbro, mm -hmm. especially with uh, respect to D and D. They probably have more people than they need, and it's well, bad. It's bad for the extra employees, but in a re we're in a recession. Yeah, companies are going to lay people off in a recession. That's just yeah. the way it works. But you know, I said this over two years ago. I would love for. Watsy to go out of business altogether. Someone else pick up D and D and take off with it. Someone that's got a, you know, ahead and at least in our direction, leaning toward us a little bit. Um, but you know, it'll probably never happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, Arn Man. Sure, sure. I mean, the thing, the the good thing is. If you liked D and D before Wizards, before Fifth Edition, before the era, mm -hmm. like anything, even Fourth Edition. Fourth mm -hmm. Edition wasn't really um, a woke thing. Fourth no. Edition was just ill-conceived. I think. I, did, I never cared for it. So, but uh, all the game material exists in its original form from that era and before. Yep. So if you liked all that stuff, you can still play that, right? You don't have to give Wizards of the Coast any money to play D&D if you have the older stuff. Yep. Uh, if you don't, then you might have to pony up some extra dough to get the physical copies from like eBay or whatever, or get lucky like Mr. Demo did and get a whole truckload of it, you know, handed to him. Uh, Patrick actually says he thinks they intentionally sunk the brand to prepare it for sale. I've heard Tinkar say that. Um, oh, wow. If it goes to a Chinese company, that'd be crazy. And Ardman says Watsi seems to be going into maintenance mode for the upcoming VTT. Yeah, probably. Who knows what they're mm -hmm. doing? Yeah. They, they don't sell anything I want anymore. So no, I don't, want to, I don't want to see people not eat, but no. you know, um, you make stuff like Radiant Citadel. What do you expect? Right, right. I mean, come on. If they're good at what they do, so just because you're laid off doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. There's just extra people there. Then they should be able to get a job in that industry still. Or in some, they may not have just uh, fired a bunch of game designers. They might have fired office workers. They fired know? all kinds of people. Yeah, so the folks that are just office people, they might be the worst ones for the um, experience because lots of companies are laying off office workers because it's a recession. So it'll be yep. tough. It's going to be tough. Yep. yep. Oh, well. Well, man, shall we call it a night? I think we shall call it a night. Links will be in the show notes for ways you can give and places you can see us on the internet. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Just Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. I think Joe and I are going to keep plugging along. I'm not sure we're going to take a break over the holidays. And right now we got a plan for next week. So I think we're still going to be hanging around for a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, our show doesn't fall on a holiday. 
right? For either one, so I don't see any reason for us not to do a show those days. I agree. So, with all of that said, let me get my ducks in a row here so I can click the right buttons. All right. If nothing else to say, Mr. Randy, thanks not for everybody all. coming in and commenting, making it a lively evening. And with all that said, this is Joe. And this is Randy. And remember, if you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us. Thank you.